All right, welcome back to the big program. Uh, 9.02 in Edmonton, another solid day on the weather front. Looking sharp, feeling groovy. Uh, let's welcome in our Wednesday co-host from 9 to 11, David Schlemko, powered by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for over 40 years. You can check out cougarcollision.com. Welcome, Schlemmer. How was your week? Thanks, Kev. My week was good. Busy as usual, but... Uh no, good. Did, Looking forward to some hockey. You know what? Five days off. Does it feel like, you know, the Oilers haven't played for about, you know, five weeks? It does. Yeah. I think it does. I don't uh, know why. Not, I don't know why. But. Not ideal when you've won four in a row, but... Uh, that's your... St- that's what you think? You'd rather keep playing? I would, yeah, as a player. But, I mean, rest is a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. Rest is a weapon. But Rest uh, is not the enemy. Yeah, well, that's for sure. So hopefully they can, uh, you know, channel that and use it and keep this thing rolling. When you were playing, because the NHL schedule has kind of changed in the last few years where the PA said, we want to have a couple extended breaks. Did you guys have that when you played, or was it just like a couple here and there, or besides the All-Star break? Uh, yeah, I think it was maybe my last two or three years where we also had that additional mm-hmm. week-long break either before or after the All-Star break. Was that, you know, the players saying, we just want, you know, extended time where we can maybe zip down south for a few days? Exactly. Yeah, I <laughs> love that. Now, a little vacation. When that happened, <laughs> did you guys, was there coordination between other teams, friends, where you'd say, hey, a couple of us are going down to wherever, are you going, you know, what what's going on? Did you have that communication? There's some of that, yeah. Some guys do that. A lot of the single guys, um, especially, We'll do that, especially, uh, yeah, like going from different teams, things like that. Um, I had kids kind of early, so um, we would always make it a family vacay somewhere. Mm-hmm. All my kids are always asking to go to Disney World or this and that. I'm like, you've already been there. <laughs> You're just two and you can't remember it. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> did you ever see, when you were on a vacation, did you ever see a player from another team and go, hey, you know, or just bumping into them casually or something like that? Uh, I don't know if I ever did, yeah. honestly. It's a big that. world out there, isn't it? Yeah. It is. <laughs> I mean, the one Olympic break we had in 2014, went to Hawaii, took my whole family there, didn't see anyone there. Um, yeah, I don't know if I ever ran into anybody. Hmm. All right, Oilers Hurricanes tonight. Uh, Oilers come in with a 9-12-1 record. Carolina 14-9-1, but just 6-7 and seven on the road. Not sure if you've seen much of Carolina. The Oilers played them in November 22nd, lost 6-3, got out to that uh, 4-0 lead, and basically she was lights out from there. But what do you make of this Carolina Hurricane team coming in? Well, they're an interesting team, right? I have been watching them. Uh, I watched them the other night in Winnipeg there. I think they're out shooting the Jets 12-0. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was a few minutes left in the first, and the Jets got a couple shots, and they're up one nothing And it kind of seems like that's been the story of their season. Mm-hmm. And it was the same thing in the playoffs last year uh, when they lost uh, Florida in the conference final. I think they were out shooting them almost 2-1 to one every game. So this isn't a new problem for the Hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's kind of the way they play or they need more traffic to the net or just guys finishing, but uh, it seems to be a kind of a nagging problem for that team. Do you think a coach or a team, I guess a team, plays to the identity of their coach? I think in Carolina they do. Mm -hmm. I mean, we spoke with Jordan Martinuk on the show earlier in the season, and I remember him saying, you know, there's 
certain coaches that if you're not doing it his way, they'll they'll let you know or you'll sit a bit. And with Rod, he'll he'll just find somebody else. <laughs> David Schlemko with us on Sports 1440, our co-host from nine to eleven on Wednesdays. I hope we didn't put the curse on old Marty there, did we? He hasn't scored a goal yet this year. <laughs> Do you know that? Did you have you see the stats? I didn't. I think he's that. playing. I think he's playing well. But I think he's been snake bitten a lot, Jordan Martinuk. All right, uh, we'll have. To, I think he's got. Well, hopefully, he gets off the schneid after tonight. After tonight, <laughs> but yeah, we had. When was that? When we had him on about six weeks ago. Yeah, something like that. I think it was before they played Carolina last time. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe it was a while back. But anyway, so Jordan Martinuk right now six helpers in 24 games. Yeah, it's not great numbers for him. No. He is playing on that checking line with Stahl, but uh, yeah. he's still on a Minus chip five a right bit. now. Minus five. So. Eesh. Yeah. <laughs> see, phone him today, see if he wants to come on this morning. <laughs> hey, Marty, come on on. Well, anyways, we did wonders for you last yeah. time. Hopefully the Oilers start on time tonight anyways. Yeah. 7.30 start, by the way. Uh, Jason Greger had head coach Rod Brindamore on yesterday. I just loved his comment about save percentage. Uh, I think Gregor was, I don't know, exploring some avenue about save percentage and, you know, what he thinks about it. And yeah. and did you hear his response? I but, didn't hear so it. So his no. response was, ah, you know, well, save percentage. I, you know, I guess it's okay, but I guess it's also got two coaches fired already this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Brindamore is an absolute beauty too. I mean, yeah. guy could probably still play at 53 years old or whatever he is. There's a reason they call him Rod the Bod. Rod, yeah. Oilers' penalty kill has really improved uh, on this four-game winning streak. As they ever. Had, they had that streak of 21 going into the Winnipeg game, just gave up the one goal to Perfetti. Uh, have you seen anything different, or is it just one of those things where, you know, the goalie's making the big save and you're, you're clearing the zone? I've seen a lot of differences, okay. haven't you? <laughs> well, I mean, I always look at it again. Skinner's come up with some big saves. 100%. I, I don't know if I've seen an exact technical stand. You know, I I see guys maybe forcing a little bit more. Yeah, I see way more pressure yeah. in the entries. Um, I see them collapsing down to the net way more. Mm-hmm. All four guys when there's pucks at the net. I see a lot less seam passes getting That's through the, the one. box. Janmark made a great one, a great play uh, to, to avert a seam pass. Did you see, sometimes depending on who it would be, there would be a top forward in the defensive zone that would sort of swing back and forth. Yeah, they have that a lot more aggressive push down going now. So it's like a two-man rotation, right? The, okay. the top forward at the top. As soon as it gets down to the flank, he's pushing down, trying to take that pass away from the middle. And if it gets through him, he just recovers quickly to the middle. And mm-hmm. the guy who's in the slot, now he becomes that angle guy. So I think depending on who you're playing, I mean, each team is different. So you're defending a little differently. But is that that system, is that to, to avert mostly seen passes? Or is it to kind of... I guess it's I, it's more to cut the ice in half. Okay. Right? And be a little bit more aggressive. Take time and space away mm-hmm. so they're not you're not just standing there watching them zip it around. Which but, is yeah, I mean would you say that it's instituted differently from team to team? Yeah, for okay. sure. I think a lot of teams do a variate a similar variation of what the Oilers are doing. I I just think they're doing it together now. There's a 
there's a term in PK that you say one goes, we all go. Mm-hmm. So when that guy is forcing that top guy and having good pressure, then the D's going to the to the low guy, and everybody's rotating at the same time. They're all in sync. It seems like Mark Stewart's done a really good job of getting everybody on the same page. David Schlemko with us, our co-host on Sports 1440 on Wednesdays. So the other thing that maybe, have you seen a lot of teams do en- zone entry a little different on the Oilers because it seems like they're maybe having a little more uh, neutral zone where they're, you know, they're sort of maybe stacking up a little differently at the blue line? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. They're, pr- they're pressuring harder on entries and, you know, that's forcing teams to chip and then maybe try and change sides and rim it around before you get a setup instead of coming in with control, stopping up on the half wall and setting up. What about when a team is on a streak and it's, you've killed off, say it's 20 or 21, whatever this is, in a row, and then Perfetti scores, and you want to keep that streak going. Even, you know, Chris Knobloch kind of said, oh, everyone's going, ah, man, we had a good run going. They, it's almost like you are you have a, a batting you know a batting streak going in baseball. You know, you, yeah. you're hit for 15 straight games. You know that, you you know, another one makes it 16. So play, players are aware of that. There, right? Yeah, players oh, are aware of that. Absolutely. I mean, momentum is a crazy thing in, in any sport, and it's no different in hockey and special teams. It's the mm-hmm. same way. Same thing when you got a hot power play, right? Yeah. You, you get a power play and you just feel like you're going to score. What about the power play guys? For the most part, the penalty kill guys are a little different than the power play guys. We do see some of the Oilers' top guys have time on the PK unit as well. Not as much now. Though. Not as much, but, you know, Yanmark comes back. That takes some time away from some other guys as well. McLeod's been good on the PK. Mm-hmm. So, but there were there are times, especially when you have, you know, like say you got 20 seconds left in a PK. And I if I'm sending out McDavid and Dreisaitl or both or either or, I'm sort of going, I'm so aware if I'm an offensive defenseman on the power play, I'm going, I don't want to get burned here. Right. So, And I, I don't mind that. Like mm-hmm. the last 30 seconds out against the second unit, throwing those two out there, I, I don't mind that. But at the same time, you don't need Leon Dreisaitl playing no. 24 minutes a night either, right? And we've seen that come down too. Yeah. All the all the players seem to be coming down, and even uh, defensive time on the ice. Have you noticed that? Like, I mean, well, Dayerner's playing probably so as well as he's played. Yeah, it's Would you say to even that? out a bit. I think all the Oilers, Steve, been playing with more confidence mm-hmm. uh, since Coffee came in. Um, let's touch on Philip Broberg. So you kind of saw what went down there yesterday. I'm not going to beat this to death because we talked about it off the top, and then Mark Spector. Where do you see? Uh, I think the number one aspect with a player like this is development still. Yeah. No one knows what they have. He's played almost a full season. He's played 79 games, 46 last year. This year he hasn't received the opportunity. We know that. Yeah. But last year he did. <clears throat> what to do with a guy like this right now? It's a tough situation for a kid like that, right? How old is he right now? 21? 22. 22. 22. Okay, yeah. so he's 21 last year in his full year. Yeah. He's played 79 games. What do they say? Oh, he's here we play go. 200 games? 300, I thought it was. I think it's, oh, I thought it was 200 for, for a D. I thought it's 300 for a D, and I got into this all. I can't already, stand this. That's that. that. I hate it. Okay, well. It's 300, they've said. All right, I think 300's a little much. Okay, even 200 then. Okay. I but think 200's hot. He's young, right? I, coming into this season, I'm thinking 
Broberg's got to take a step. If the Oilers are going to be an actual Stanley Cup contender and not trade for a D, I'm not taking anything away from DeHarnay. I think mm-hmm. he's played great lately. He's big. He's been steady. But uh, the Oilers need a mobile puck-moving defenseman. And I thought that he, well, he had the opportunity to take that step this year. He just didn't take it, right? And now what do you do with him? Because he could still turn out to be an excellent player. You don't want to get rid of him for nothing right now. Okay, last year was his time where he thought he could take the step. And I think in some regards he did. This year he came in and they wanted him to play with Ekholm. Ekholm gets hurt. Now that dynamic's taken away. Then the Oilers go on a terrible start. And you can't piss around with combinations, this and that. Then you make a coaching change. And Chris Knobloch isn't going 7D. No, I don't love 7D. No one, no defenseman does. Yeah. All the forwards love it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm it's, just a, kidding. it's a nightmare for a coach. I know it is. I know it too. is. I know it is. But <sighs> that's the only reason that Broberg saw action this year. Yeah. With 7D. 100%. And I think under a guy like Coffee, if he gets a chance and he's being encouraged to make plays, I think he gets a lot better. I mean, what what have we seen from him this year? When he plays, what, seven minutes a night, he's scared to make a mistake. Yeah. All he's doing is humping it up the wall every time yeah. he gets the puck. You are scared, yeah. So, But he hasn't had the opportunity. Even Chris Knobloch on Monday says, I have no idea who this player is. Right. Hasn't had hasn't been able to put him in. Yeah. How about this? And I I have to go back because I think Laddie was in that day because it was a Thursday night game in Philadelphia. I'd have to find out about that. But we were talking about because the Oilers were still kind of they were you know it was a it's a long time ago fluttering fluttering but <laughs> but still not to where they were to the depths of despair. Jay Woodcroft took Broberg out that night in Philly because of guys like Delorier and some heavier guys Half in away. Philadelphia. Because he's going, let's put DeHarnay in, a little more beef on the back end. Ever since that happened, Broberg has really more than floundered. Yeah. So, he, like, he has zero confidence. We know that. Mm-hmm. But so with everything that happened yesterday, with the agent being involved and, you know, the player wanting this and feeling that he doesn't belong here and wants a new start, can you, I mean, can they not just send him to Bakersfield again here? Isn't that the isn't that the first logical step? You can, yeah. But why, you know, or even like a week ago, why, you know, if he's not going to be here as the seventh guy, the very worst case scenario, I always look okay. So if Broberg is the seventh guy in the organization, who's eight? Gleason. I like Gleason. Okay. In camp. Okay. So if Gleason's the eighth guy, well, can Gleason just not come up here and wait and be that seventh guy, be the black ace? A hundred percent. That's one way to look at it, right? That's the development way to look at it. But if you're Philip Broberg's camp, you're saying, I played last year. I'm an NHL defenseman. I want to play in the NHL. But Give he hasn't proved that yet. Give me a chance else. Your, best, your worst day in the NHL is better than your best day in the AHL. <laughs> mm-hmm. so, I mean, maybe it's Cam Deneen. I don't know. He's a little bit older, right? He had a really he had a strong camp too. Twenty five. Yeah. So here's the other thing that I've been talking about at the start. So every player, whoever it is, and whatever position it is, and what, however old they are, 
It's about the opportunity and taking advantage of the opportunity. I'm sure you agree with that being an undrafted guy. Oh, 100%. A lot of it's timing and luck. Okay. I would, if you can go back and go back and remember your first three, four, five games in the NHL. You, you were probably going like times 90, 100%. Like, I don't, that's a phrase that I've used, but <laughs> yeah. you were going so hard. Oh, like yeah. You're going, if I have a bad shift, I'm on the bench, then I'm in the press box, right? Yeah. Okay. 100%. James Hamlin, this is the, the analogy that I drew. So, James Hamlin comes in here this year and look what he's done. He sees the opportunity from very little ice time. Yeah. Same amount as what Broberg was getting. Six, seven, eight minutes a night, and taking the ball and run with it, because yeah. he's taking the. He's going. I'm not going back to Baco. Mm-hmm. I am not. I'm doing everything I can to stay here, and he's done that. Yeah, and kudos to him. But I think that's a different situation. Okay, like, explain. Well, Hamlin can be effective in an eight minute role. Broberg can't. Okay. He's a guy that if he's going to be effective, he's going to be a minute eater, puck mover, one-man breakout playing 20 minutes a game. When you came in your first night, did you play 20 minutes a night? No. Okay. So you built on your seven, eight minutes. Yeah. Because you're saying, I'm not. I mean, nobody's doing anything playing seven or eight minutes. Okay. (laughs) If you get up to like 14 as a third pair, you're making an impact, I would say. But it doesn't always work like that. You got to be prepared to be in a contributor for eight minutes or nine minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, but I mean, as a D, as a third pair D, that's just being solid, not being noticed, not turning the puck over. You're not out there every two, three shifts having the confidence to make a play. You're kind of going out there cold, just thinking, play it safe. Imitation Tom says 200 games for forwards, 300 for defensemen. Man, if, if you could be that patient for every player on your roster, man, you would yeah. have some kind of roster. I don't know if the average career is 300 <laughs> games, honestly. <laughs> no, that's, that's what I'm saying. The times have changed. I, I just don't get the 300-game mark for, for D-men. I don't get it the 200-game mark. I think you got to know. You I thought know. It, they always said 200 for a D, and that was, like, more. You need uh, more as a D. So I, well, I yeah, well, I so he's saying 300. 300. But anyway, uh, when we come back, it's the ski report, Duke. Is that correct? It is correct, How, Kevin. And did, we, we just kind of saw you doing some you know, technical work and production work. How'd that go for you? Uh, <laughs> always good. You know, production is not, it's funny, I am a producer, but mm-hmm. uh, producer in this role in Sports Talk Radio is not the same as, say, a, an audio producer like these geniuses. We have a couple doors down in the Stingray yeah. Studios that are cooking up, uh, you know, commercials and, uh, and promos and all these things. That's not necessarily my strong suit. I uh, I have an understanding of it, but you know, thankfully we keep it pretty straightforward and simple here on the Kevin Carrier Show. Until you get the pork sausage. Uh, well, that's going. totally different. That's just a, that's just ineptitude on my end. Oh, uh, you're working your way up, Duke. This is <laughs> development, baby. Look at the Duke. Yeah, this is uh, this is this is me putting in my uh, yeah. yeah with limited ice time. Just I just for the call. See, my, uh, Duke, see, Duke is doing it with seven or eight minutes. Yeah, with my for he's my an production, impact player. For my he's production got about skills. four hours. Six hours in here. <laughs> Five hours on the board, man. That's insane. It's insane. Uh, if you want to uh, bid on our beautiful package for uh, Jason Greger's month of giving, the golf experience at the ranch, uh, 10 rounds, power cart, everything, driving range, uh, one round uh, with uh, 
Sean Piercy, the head pro, and then around with Marie McCourt and myself, the GM. Uh, send us a text in one 1440 We'll be taking bids all morning. Jason Greger will close it out during his show. Where do we at? Stu still got her at a thousand. Correct. Stu's got her at a thousand. So uh, if you want to up the bid, please do it. I mean, sounds it, like a bargain. That's ten yeah. rounds. That's twelve rounds of golf. Twelve rounds alo- at a world class course. Let alone, yeah, it's not even including the company. Of Kevin Carius. Plus, you yeah, can like hear your wallets. Plus, yes. Plus, you'll be able to hear uh, the story of when I used to work at Sam the Record Man, and also a very, you know, it's a good story about what happened uh, on the White Mud one day. So, you'll lots be able to of hear. lots of stories that are not fit for live oh, radio. Can't say, can't say it at all. But they're always fit for the uh, the golf cart. That's right. Any, yeah. any t- story time with Kevin is <laughs> yeah. good. Uh, so one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. More with David Schlemko and our ski report when we come back to the Kevin Carey Show on Sports fourteen forty. Right after the break. Oh yeah, cold as ice because ski season is here. <laughs> it's here. It's exciting. Kevin Carey, David Schlemko on Sports fourteen forty. We talked about it last week, Schlemmer, about skiing because this was really the Love first skiing. foray into ski season. Yeah. And now when you got in here, we watched the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas, with his production wizard wizardry. Really, it was. I so thought no- he was live. <laughs> <laughs> is it live or is it Memorex? Uh, time now for the uh, ski report. Here is the Duke. Oh, oh, oh no, Duke! Going down there to the coast. Go. This is the Sports fourteen forty ski report. Your ski report for Wednesday, December 6th, brought to you by Snow Valley Ski Club. Start your skiing journey at snowvalley.ca. It is starting to snow in the mountains and not a minute too soon. Marmot, Sunshine, and Louise all reporting 10 plus centimeters in the last day, and more is expected. It has allowed for opening more terrain, something desperately needed at all the Rocky Mountain Resorts. At Lake Louise, there are now 22 runs open and three terrain parks. They have more than 30 centimeters new snow in the last few days, and more of the mountain is opening daily. Sunshine, 30 runs open, but the ski out is still closed. And Northquake, 16 runs open at the moment. Marmot Basin has six runs open, and anticipation is building for the opening of the upper mountain and the all-new knob chair, but there isn't enough snow up at the top of the mountain for it to open. Nakiska, all lifts running, 35 runs open on mostly man-made snow. Castle Mountain and Fernie also getting precipitation, but unfortunately a lot of it coming down as rain. Fernie closed today due to rain and high winds and castles operating, but on a very limited terrain. Opening weekend coming up for Panorama, Revelstoke, and Kicking Horse down in Golden, where they've been getting steady snow in her opening with an 80-centimeter base. Kicking Horse likely where you're going to find the best skiing when it opens on December 8th. Locally, Snow Valley, Rabbit Hill, and Sunridge are all open daily. That is your Snow Valley Ski Report. Wow. Not enough O's and smooth, Duke. (laughs) (laughs) You know, uh, when you mentioned Kicking Horse on there, uh, do you remember Ken Chilibeck at all? Anyone? Well, no. Nope. Oh, my God. oh, I bet you're going to tell me who uh, he yeah. is. So. <laughs> who is it, Kevin? <laughs> oh, man. There's reporters going on right now that are listening and going, I can't believe this. Uh, so Ken Chilibeck uh, was the Edmonton Bureau Chief for TSN for decades. Probably, How would I not know that? Probably from, you know, when TSN was incorporated in the 80s all the way through till 
the late 90s into 2000. Oh, so, yeah. Right when I was watching TSN in Delburn, Alberta. Yes, you probably, yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> Where we but, didn't have skate or satellite TV until I was already a man. <laughs> anyway, Ken Chilibic <laughs> was salt of the earth kind of guy. Son Corey is a great guy as well, a very successful young businessman. But Ken said, you know what? I've had it. He just left the broadcast industry and went and opened the ski resort at Kicking Horse. Cool. So when you go to Kicking Horse, Ken Chilibeck is there. When probably, I say I know Ken. If you, well, <laughs> I would say it would be smart on your part. You should say, Ken, I was just talking about you, man. Oh, man. Talking about you on the radio. Some lift tickets here, man. <laughs> so anyway, Ken, has been do, he's been down there for over 20 years probably. That's at, pretty uh, Kicking cool. Horse. It was just starting out when he was down there. It's a nice little change of scenery. Oh, I mean... And Chili was a really solid guy. He didn't take any crap from a lot of people, so he, he enjoyed his his time here. There's, and you know, when you're covering all those great teams, I, I mean, you you can have a lot of fun. Yeah. So you're covering all stories, the teams in eh? the '80s and and things like that. So, anyway, uh, text coming in from Kevlar one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Back to the real business at hand. And Duke, you need uh, we need some help on this because I don't know where we're at. Back to the real business at hand. Any update on Gregor and negotiating his hair situation down to three months with the five consecutive wins? Are you familiar with what we're talking about yeah. here? So Schlemmer's familiar. Duke, what have you got on this very important topic? My best understanding is that, yes, it was granted to Gregor by a combination of the listeners and Connor Halley that should the Oilers win five in a row, um, his sentence, if you want to call it that, is shrunk or cut in half from the six months to three. And I would we, like and we are, what, maybe a month in? Not even quite no, yet? Yeah, it's a joke. It's an absolute <laughs> joke. The amendment should be this, okay? After three months, so after the three months, if the Oilers go on a five-game winning streak or win, let's be positive, yeah. when the Oilers go on a five-game winning streak after Gregor has grown his hair out for three months, then he can cut it off just like that. I like that. That's fair. <laughs> None that of this, this is a bunch of BS. You can't go on and say, I'm going to do it for seven months, and then... Back off. Yeah. <laughs> and then tell your producer, hey, come up with this idea. What do you think? No, 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 no. Not letting that slide, eh? Yeah. Nah, there's no way. You want to see the skullet? I, I, you know what? I saw it. We were at the game last. I got to sit beside Greg's because we have our, that's where Sports 40, for, you know, we're at the, in the press box. So yeah. he took that one of those ball caps hat. And those, what, are the, what are those hats called again? Duke, they're Johnny Cats or something. Johnny Cats. Oh, geez. I already can't. We had this discussion last week. It's like about a, a newsboy cap. Oh, well, I called it a jockey cap, but that was Whatever. apparently not correct. Right? Anyway, he took it off, Schlemmer. Yeah. The Peaky Blinders hat. There you oh, go. Oh, okay. I know what you mean. Yeah. But he pulls it down. Like, you can't even see his eyes. He's pulled it down, like, so hard. But he took it off. It was in it, bad lighting in the press box, as you know. <laughs> it's like good light, bad light, Seinfeld again. Yeah. You know, the 2 o'clock in the morning light in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> right? So. It is. I mean, it, it really is up there. So, anyway, he showed it to me what it looked like. I don't know. It wasn't that bad. I no. thought it kind of improved. Yeah. A little bit. There you go. But I don't like that. I don't. That's a bogus, bogus. It's a cop out. Yeah, I agree. I'm with you. When you uh, 
We're in. We're gonna have Dylan Plufop at nine forty from the Golden Bears. Did you get to go on any All Star stuff like uh, when you were playing in the Hat or anything like that? Was there um, like I was that? a second team All Star okay. and junior, but I don't. We didn't have a game. There was no games or anything like yeah. that, right? Yeah. So these guys are gonna be playing the the national team, the junior team. Uh, oh, U Sports right. All Stars. Yeah. You know how they play those. Yeah. They got to have some competition. Yeah, that's cool. Hard games to play, I would imagine, because well, first of all, these guys are. Five years older, yeah. Four years older, maybe somewhere, you, somewhere three to four years older. You don't want to end up on the internet for being the guy that hurt one of the. <laughs> just imagine steamrolling some <laughs> young guy. So I'm a sh- I'm positive. I'm sure that they would be told, you know, don't put anyone in danger. Play hard. Play smart. I mean, right. how would that work? I mean, would that be Hockey Canada coming in and say? I mean, it it should go without saying. I would think. These guys are smart enough that they wouldn't want to hurt yeah. one of Canada's national junior team members, but you never know. I mean, it's it's a hockey game. Yeah, stuff can happen, but uh, I don't think we've ever seen it before, and hopefully, we don't now. Yeah, Smitty the Welder texts in. Uh, what a cop out by Gregor! No way that he should be given an out. Steve from Drumheller goes, "Well, make your own bet then." Okay, my oh. bet is if the Oilers win five straight. Gregor has to keep his hair. How's that sound? You <laughs> <laughs> should uh, grow a beard, Kev. Yeah, a nice I've little start, shadow I'm, coming I'm just, in there. Yeah, I'm just, it's been a little, uh, I don't know. I'm not going to get to your stage. With salt and pepper. The baker won't let me go. She said, no, Look, nothing. I told her when I was wise. getting in radio that I was going to grow a beard. Yeah. She said, yeah, and then you can stay out in the garage. Oh, there you go. So I said, that's fine with me. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, Dylan Plouffe, uh, University of Alberta Golden Bears defenseman, getting ready for sort of a U-Sports all-star performance with the national junior team. That's coming up. Karius, Schlemko, Sports 1440, right after the break. Ooh, yeah, the hip. About time, Duke. We're looking forward to some hip over the holiday season. Do they do any Christmas carol songs? I doubt it. I'm sure they're out there somewhere. That's going to be your next homework just, assignment. Just to, to <laughs> find all the most obscure Christmas uh, albums by like the most popular rock bands. What was the one last week? Uh, the Stones. The Stones, and Stones, then Keith Christmas, Richards. Yeah, apparently Keith has Richards. a Christmas song. So the guy, some guy, texted in Schlemmer and said, "Yeah, he was uh, on trial in Canada for certain things. <laughs> he had nothing to do, so he wrote a Christmas song." Keith Richards from the Stones. Let's go in the community for uh, United Sport and Cycle. Uh, Hey, you need uh, something for an athlete or sports fan on your Christmas list? United Cycle has been your Santa's workshop for over 95 years. As we welcome in U of A Golden Bears defenseman Dylan Plouffe to the program. Dylan, you're with Kevin Carius and Dave Schlemko on Sports 1440. Welcome to the program. Hey guys, how you doing? We're doing great. Good, Th- good. Thanks for taking the time this morning. Uh, I guess a little time off. Are you uh, like just massive studying and uh, tests? And what's how's the week kind of going for you after a little bit of a uh, on a little bit of a break here? Um, kind of the same as usual. It's just summing up the last week of classes here, and teams still skating, so a little bit um, more of the usual for us. But it's it's nice to have a little bit of a break and kind of. Somewhat relaxed, but <laughs> the uh, the tests kind of take up a lot of the stress that hockey was taking. So, yeah. what, what are you taking in uh, school, and uh, how are the academics going? I'm finishing up my last year here in uh, just getting a BCom degree with a major in finance. So, um, 
looking forward to the end of it and graduating, <laughs> but um, uh, I've honestly had the best three, four years of my life here and kind of going to be sad to see that end. Dylan Plouffe with us uh, on the Kevin Carey Show with uh, David Schlemko. So, uh, Dylan, along with uh, Eric Florchuk and Josh Prokop, uh, you'll be uh, heading out east to, on a U-Sports All-Star team. How excited are you about this to take on uh, the National Junior Team uh, as they get prepara- preparations going for uh, the World Juniors? Um, it's it's really exciting. Um, having two of my best friends on the team join me as well is something you can't really take for granted but whenever you're noticed for something like that it uh, honestly takes a lot of pride and um, just really excited to obviously help those kids out with their dreams of playing on the world junior team but also helping myself and my teammates for that team just kind of open some eyes because there will be a lot of people watching that game and just honestly do the best that I possibly can. Awesome, Dylan. Uh, first of all, congrats on making the All-Star team. That's great. Um, just wanted to ask you, we were, we were kind of wondering this at the break, uh, going into this game against the uh, World Junior team, uh, do you have like a, maybe a little bit different mindset? Uh, like you're obviously try- trying to make sure you don't hurt these guys, but uh, how different is your mindset kind of coming into this game maybe than a normal game would be? I think the best way to... I mean, for myself, going into a game like that has not really changed anything. Obviously, your point about not wanting to hurt the guys is something that maybe crosses your mind, but at the end of the day, they're still trying to make a team, and they kind of expect you to play your best as well. So, I mean, going into a game like that, I'm going to prepare the same, just think of playing the same game that I usually do, and just compete. I mean, both sides are going to be competing, and really just helping those guys out and helping my teammates out as well just to have the best quality of game that we can. Dylan Plouffe from the U of A Golden Bears is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with co-host David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Now in year three at the U of A, how would you kind of look back so far on your career uh, playing university hockey and what was that transition like for you from the Western Hockey League? Um, It was a little weird, I will say. Um, my junior career career ended with the COVID year, which was unfortunate. So I had a year off just to do school at home and we practiced a little bit, but honestly, it wasn't too big of a transfer. I mean, a lot of the guys that I play against in this league, I've played against for four or five years in the Western league. So it's not big, a big change in terms of the style of play, but being involved in school, you do have to have... some diligence in the classroom and off the ice to just make sure you're prepared for every aspect that is involved in your life. So um, it was a little bit of a change, but I mean, it's for the best. We're, I mean, growing as adults, so we need to have our priorities set. And I think the U of A prepares us immaculately for that. Good stuff. So, Dylan, you're a five-year Western League guy, if I'm not mistaken. You played at 16? Yeah. Yeah, so um, obviously probably highly touted Schlemmer, coming up. Yeah, you're, you're a long time as well, and you both played Medicine Hat. Yeah, you played a little bit for my, my alma mater there. I think it's mostly in Vancouver. Yeah. But um, yeah. obviously every kid playing in the Western League wants to move on and have a pro career. I mean, it, it 
obviously can't happen for everybody, but, um, you know, what was that experience like for you? Was it a difficult decision to kind of go the school path or did you have opportunities elsewhere or what was that kind of situation like for you? Um, initially I did, but when I <clears throat> was drafted, I signed relatively quickly and, okay. um, I I always did want to play in the Western League. I think when the Oil Kings came back to town, I was an enthusiastic fan mm-hmm. and got out to as many games as I possibly could. And it was just, it was pretty cool to see a team that was playing in an NHL rank and was an extremely good league to join. And I was drafted relatively high, which made the decision a little bit easier. And if I look back on my five years, I don't really regret it. It was, I had some amazing years, made it to the Western League final and then the game seven. And no, I, I think when I look back at it, I made the great decision of going there and having the opportunity to have a scholarship and attend the U of A was another thing that I looked at when first signing. And I guess coming full circle now, it's, it's been a really good experience for me and I think has prepared me for a lot of different aspects in life. So I, I don't regret the decision and it was relatively easy. Dylan Plouffe from the U of A Golden Bears is our guest on the Kevin Carey Show with uh, co-host David Schlemko on Sports 1440. Uh, you know, Dylan, you played for a lot of uh, coaches in Vancouver and some high-profile profile ones like uh, Lorne Mulliken when you got there and then Jay McKee who used to coach out here and went down there and uh, even guys like Jamie Heward. Did you work a lot on your defensive game with Jamie Heward? I did. I, uh, I really enjoyed my time with Jamie. He was... <clears throat> It's the go, I guess the go-to coach if you wanted to talk about anything, and he was the epitome of a player's coach. You could ask him anything. You could ask him about his experiences playing in the NHL, and I think that's something I enjoyed the most because he understood the evolution of the game and how the younger players acted, and he understood how to handle that and having him and Mike Dick as my coaches in my final years in Vancouver was awesome. They were very supportive. They were hard, but to the point where it made you a better player and a better person. So I, I really have nothing but respect for those two. And they really grew me as a player and as a person, like I said. Awesome. I think that's so underrated too. having that one coach on the staff that the players like to go to. You can talk Mm -hmm. to about anything. Yeah. That's huge. And what's it like, I guess, playing for Ian Herbers? Uh, What's that uh, experience at the U of A with uh, old Herbie like? (laughs) (laughs) Um, He is definitely a different personality. He's, He's the old school coach. But again, just like I was saying about Jamie, Ian knows the stuff about the game that has I mean, he's been a part of the game for years and, again, played at the NHL. He knows what it takes to get to that level and prepares you in the exact same way. He's the person who's going to challenge you. He's going to let you know when you did something wrong. But in the way that he communicates with you, you know deep down that he does care and he's pushing the right buttons to mm-hmm. for you to reach your potential. And... Yeah, I, I mean, like I said earlier, this, these three or four years with the Bears have been awesome for me, and 
I mean, from the guys in the room to the people who helped us out around the rink and for our injuries and all the way up to Ian, everybody is very professional. And coming from the Western League where it has that feel to it, it's not much of a change-up when you come here. Mm-hmm. So, Dylan, I, I feel like the U-Sport hockey, the reputation is that it's it's gotten a lot better over the last few years. Um, see some guys coming out of... U Sports um, or CIS, whatever it's called, um, into the <laughs> into the pro game. Um, is that something that you guys talk about at all in the room uh, and with the staff? Is uh, some opportunities to go pro after? Or are you more so focused on the academic side? Um, I think for a program like us, we <clears throat> a majority of our team does have aspirations to play pro hockey. I mean, a lot of us on our team have seen it firsthand with Noah Philp two years ago, right. where he came back and then offer, or earned himself an NHL contract. And we see guys that we've played with and past bears that have gone on for very successful professional careers. So I think deep down, as kids growing up in this game and a majority of us playing in the Western League, that's the one thing that's on our mind is wanting to play professional hockey. And... It might change a little bit when we come to school, just seeing how the professional world works and kind of taking our interests that way. But, I mean, I think it all comes down to your dream as a kid and wanting to reach the goal of playing professional hockey that never really changes inside of us. Dylan Plouffe's our guest on Sports 1440. I'm trying to do the math here on the fly, uh, Dylan, with with growing up in Sherwood Park and and who are some of the guys you played with at the time? And I think I might be a year off, but were you with Sam Steele when you played with in Sherwood Park? On I guess it would have been Bantam back then? Um, I was cut my first year of Bantam, hmm. but I was, uh, I was an affiliate player, so I think I played around 10 or 12 games with okay. that team. So, yeah, somewhat I played a bit with Sam and Carter. Okay. Um, but, no, not a full-time team member. Okay. But I have been around them a lot. And and then that team would have been the team that played the Southside Athletic Club with uh, Stu Skinner and James Hamlin and Tyler Benson? Yeah. Wow. So that was, you know, that was some pretty good games back then. Some huh? good local boys right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that that was the, the best time to be going to, to Bill Hunter Arena and, and the Sherwood Park Arena to watch some good Bantam hockey back in the day. No kidding. Yeah, I, I think I was, I think I was lucky enough to play in one of them. But okay. when they uh, when they squared off against each other, I, me and my dad definitely made an effort to go out to those <laughs> games just because it was obviously pretty fun to watch with so many talented players. So uh, what's your schedule here, Dylan, with the U-Sports team? When do you head out to, I guess it's in Oakville? Yeah. We, uh, we head out on Sunday at 7 a.m., and then I think once we head in, once we land, we have a practice relatively soon. And practice again on the Monday, and then the games are Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. Should be a lot of fun. Hey, just one quick question with the Bears. Do you have a, 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 you know, a solid D partner that you play with most of the time? And I only ask because my buddy John Sexsmith, uh, his son Joel's on the team. Do you get to play any with Joel at all? If the situation comes up, I've been on the ice with Joel a mm-hmm. little bit, but being two lefties, yeah, 
Um, it's kind of minimal the time we play against each other, but I'm usually with Jaden Platts right now. Okay. Well, oh, I Joel, coached him at Nate. You coached you coached Platts? <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. That was a lot. It was the COVID year. We didn't really play, but <laughs> I know Platts. Hey, well, Dylan, thanks so much for taking the time uh, this morning. Good luck in uh, Oakville with the U Sports team and then with the Golden Bears as the uh, season uh, uh, commences for the second half in January. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you guys having me. That's, Thanks, Dylan. That's Dylan Plouffe uh, from the Golden Bears uh, hockey team and uh, in the community for United Sport and Cycle, a fourth-generation family-owned and operated business in the heart of Old Strathcona for 95 years. Man, that's a long time. Uh, when we come back, are you in or are you out, Schlemmer? The Schlem Dog Millionaire. Here we go. you got to go over the notes. The Duke has been working hard, working feverishly again. It's my favorite. <laughs> uh, that's coming up uh, at the top of the hour. Before that, here is the Duke with a Sports 1440 update.